Welcome to Talk That Talk. We have the unfiltered, unscripted, uncomfortable conversations about band, HBCU band culture, music, education, and more. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast and also find us on all social media networks at Real Talk That Talk. And now, let's start the show. All right, here we go. So let's let's get this thing rolling, man. Because uh, we ain't got to not one not one question yet. All right, man. If you just tuned in, welcome everybody to Talk That Talk. We have the unfiltered, unscripted, uncomfortable conversations about band, HBCU band culture, music, music education, and more. As soon as you come in, go ahead and smash that like button. Oh, I forgot it. Smash the like, daddy. There we go. Smash that like, daddy. Don't wait, man. Go ahead and smash that like, daddy, as soon as you come in. All right. Also, please make sure you subscribe to the network and turn on notifications. You can also find us at all of your podcasting areas. Just look us up at Real talk that talk we are officially on all podcasting all right this okay, it's stuck in my head now <laughs> oh hey hey we look <laughs> with the with the hip rotation <laughs> shit, <laughs> so, Okay. <laughs> My every time I'm just I mean I ain't gonna hate dog. That the, it's I like the cadence though. Oh, I thought you ain't know it, Quan. I look, y'all see, you see him hitting it by he over there, hitting it with the stick. <laughs> he said they didn't play that. That's what he said. He didn't say he didn't know it. He said they didn't play that. But, Come on, be secretly at home, hitting it. I'm gonna hit this hole. <laughs> hey, we, <laughs> we can't uh, hear you, Claw. You muted. Nah, real talk, bro. I, I, I because I, I just I have to put this out there. I love MSD, but I really want them to have their own identity. I think that's fair to them about what they they've endeavored through as that transition from PV and directors and whatnot. I want them kids to stand on their own. Like, you know, we we the same drum line, but I want them to have their own identity. That's all. And I'll leave That's hot. But, Quan, you know what, too, though? That's why I know a lot of people be gassing. Me, Julie, and Maya, we were all at that um, that HBCU-style band competition at PV. And they bought the drum line out only, y'all. And I swear to God, that's one of the loudest things I have ever. Those guys were, man, they were beating them drums so loud. It ain't no way you're going to sit up here and tell me that PV don't be bringing no sound. Like, I, 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 it just baffles me. Like, I don't know what people want from them. I really don't. I don't know. Like, what do you do? You want a bright, edgy, nasty, no releases, no nothing? Because it's it's just like the young people say, it's just cap. It's no way in hell you can go to a game and hear them bass drums beating them damn drums like that, the horns playing as loud as physically possible and say they ain't bringing it. Like it's just it's just lies. But you can't you can't get people out of that train of thought because now it's just become the thing that people say. Oh, like for whatever reason, PV was one of those schools that will never they will never quote unquote make it. They will never be. There was always like as as good as they are, as much progression, as much that they've changed and continue to grow, it will be all it will always be one of those schools where somebody's gonna find some some shit to say something about. Like for whatever reason, they will always be and you know, world. and you know who that used to be, Maya, before PV? That used to be Bethune Cook. Everybody will find a reason to say, oh, and no matter how good Bethune was, oh, they born those. They born, they born, they born, they born. Now PV didn't got the whipping boy title. 
Because now, you know, and now that Bethune is in the swag and they don't have the media presence like some of our other favorite bands, they don't really get that notoriety anymore that they used to. But let's put it like this. Who can play a ballad better than Bethune Cook? Say, matter of fact, I, I, my my new favorite song, like to listen to when I'm just be in the mood, like to listen to great songs, that 2007 Honda when they played Amazing Grace and that young man played that saxophone that was actually a tuba player. In my opinion, that's the best ballad song, whatever, that a band can actually play, period. I'm sorry, bro. Julian, I already know where I'm going. Where that, you? Oh, yeah, that, I, I know where you're going. Go ahead. Hurry up. So we can that in my bed from 2012, bruh. From who? Bruh. From Bethune Cookman. With that damn crescendo, bruh. Go look it up. Look up BC, uh, BCU 2012 bed. Everybody, BCU 2012 bed on YouTube. Y'all do it after the show. All right. <laughs> do it after the show. I don't need you leaving the show. All right. Uh, Quan, go check it out. Let's go ahead and move on to our actual first topic. Uh, yeah, we're going to bring this back around eventually. Uh, <clears throat> but first topic, actually, we were supposed to talk about win ensembles on last week, and we ended up going into something completely different. But uh, Rick kind of started this off, and I actually want to keep this thought process going. Should, we put, uh, should, should more programs post their win ensembles? Should more programs post their win ensembles? Rick, since you started off, go ahead and take that one. Should more programs post their win ensembles? No. And the reason they shouldn't post them is because a lot of these schools aren't focusing on it. And I don't want to hear a bunch of 20 and 21-year-olds playing uh, Amazing Grace by Frank Tegeli. I just don't, bro. There are certain composers that... Here's, here's the thing about win ensemble, y'all, that I think a lot of us need to realize. There is a plethora of literature out there that fits every grade level and every, you know, style that you want to do. But there is a group of composers that I know people know and they go to religiously. If you're a college band director and you're still playing the music of David Holsinger, like you're just not trying. If you're playing Ride, um, what's his name? By um. Samuel Hazel's ride. If you're playing Frank Tekeli's Amazing Grace, you're not trying. And I know you're not trying because Omar Thomas just released an arrangement of Amazing Grace, which is killing just like the Frank Tekeli one. And you're supporting black people by, by playing the Omar Thomas one. But there's just no creativity. Well, I know this piece. I ain't got to study the score. I'm going to get it. And Julian, you know I ain't lying because we played the same music in Norfolk States in Win Ensemble every year. We played Ascension three years in a row, Quan, at Norfolk State. Ascension by Robert W. Smith. If you're playing Robert W. Smith as a win ensemble director, you're not trying hard enough. Now, granted, there are some standards that you can play. Like we all know people like Swearinger, uh, Alfred Reed, um, uh, Percy Granger, all these go-to people that we know. You want to play the Nelly Bell? The Nelly Bell is a really good piece, but it takes work. Clifton Williams has a lot of good music. You know, there's a lot of stuff out there that's considered the wind band canon. But because a lot of directors don't know it, 
you get the same clips over and over and over and over again. And I'm, I'm just tired of hearing that stuff. So should more programs post? No. Should more programs focus more on Win Ensemble? Absolutely. All right. You know, I'm sure that's going to come up, so I'll just leave it there. Should more programs post their Win Ensembles? Hell no, because I'm tired of seeing the same stuff. And I'm tired of hearing out of tune playing for some groups, but I'll leave it there. All right. <clears throat> My, you okay? Yes, I was just, I'm confused. <laughs> no, you're good. Well, one, because I, I don't know much about this portion. So when we say post, are we saying like posting a performance? Is that, is that what we're talking about? Yeah, social media. So like the same way that we, we can catch uh, a great, amazing clip of J-State playing get ready and the chicks is in the front hitting it and, and J five is killing it. Can we should, should, you know, uh, you university programs post their wind ensembles the same way. I mean, just from a very novice and ignorant standpoint, I, I guess so. Because I mean, like if we're talking about giving exposure, gaining exposure and, and making that, something that that is um, a new norm, for lack of better words, or, or instilling that into the culture, then making it visible brings that to the forefront. So I guess in that instance, yes, I do understand what you're saying, Brownie, too. But then it's also like, well, if we're talking about marching season, the, the latest hit to come out, you can expect every band to play it. So what's the difference in wind ensembles or whomever playing the same music as if it's a if it's backed behind them doing something, I guess again for the culture, for the betterment of the students, or or for the betterment of the craft, and that's why I say yes. But also, this is a very like I said, novice and ignorant standpoint because that's just not my wheelhouse. My, you said something that I'm gonna come back to after I go to Quan. Um, it just made me think, but I want to get Quan's thoughts, and then I'm gonna come back to you. So, Quan, should more programs post their win ensembles? In my opinion, I'm going to go a different route. I'm going to say yes, because I think we should post. Now, I do agree with Rick, Rick's perspective of we should not be doing the same thing. Uh, we should take a uh, wind ensemble series, and we should not be repeating the same, you know, literature um, from a, a, you know, a wind ensemble perspective. However, it's like, but then we can't back door and say, well, we don't support it the same way when the generation that we deal with is social media driven. And I do believe, honestly, the influence of certain bands, for example, uh, Dr. Kedrick Taylor, he posted something. I think that was good. I think Jackson State, if the quote unquote, like the top tier bands or the upper echelon of bands would do that more, I believe truly it, it will be a trickle down effect with uh, some of these high schools. I truly believe that it will be a trickle up effect, a triple trickle up effect from the middle schools and then back down. Uh, I do believe that. So it's kind of like everything that Rick said, I agree, but we have to start somewhere so that students who are in middle school, high school, then go to college could honestly be looking forward to that time of wind ensemble instead of just I'm a blow that hole all the time. So go ahead, Rick. Just to push back slightly, though, Quan. I think the better way of doing that is when these directors go to these schools, instead of just expecting that, say, like, it's it's really small things. Like, we used to do this at Prairie View. 
we would say by accepting a Prairie View scholarship as an instrumentalist, it is known that you are going to participate in more than just marching band. You have to participate in at least two ensembles. When I was there, I don't know how it is now, but you have to participate in at least two ensembles on a band scholarship. And that's every person that has a band scholarship. So if I call on you and say, hey, JoJo, you and Pep Band and Marching Band, cool, that's your two ensembles. And most people fulfill it that way. But if you have some really great players, hey, you're in one ensemble, you're in jazz band, you're in this and marching band, like setting standards, right? That's the first part. And I know a lot of schools do that anyway. The second part, though, Quan, is this. When you do the audition process has to be a legitimate college audition process. That's where it starts. You have school players, uh, teachers that will go into high schools, Quan, and will let the kid come in and beat the hell out of a bass drum and get that kid a six, $7,000 scholarship. That lessens the collegiate experience. We're talking about college. We're not talking about middle school man. I could teach a middle schooler to beat the hell out of a bass drum, you know, to cold hearted snake. But I can't, you know, without some work, teach them to play the mallets, play the snare, play this, and play it musically, do dynamics, do shaker, do all these things. So I, I think that that's where we start. As a, I mean, but I, I think you're probably right, Quan. I think that just seeing my favorite band do it will make me at least know that I have to do that too if I go to that school. So I guess you're right. My bad. Yeah. No, you're good, big dog. So, but I, I think, I think we have to start somewhere. Like if, because right now we know that wind ensemble is needed, and I'm not gonna lie, and and I just got to be transparent. You know, when you told me, you was like, man, wind ensemble is all year. Not no lie, like I'm I'm man enough to say it. Shit, for real. Because let's be honest, we did all fall was band season. Once the spring started hitting, they had a small group that was like pet band, but for the most part, marching band ran the nation. It was just gonna keep it a book. And then uh it was be a select few of students that was really they really loved music, that had appreciation that would then join the concert band. If you was a music major, of course, you ain't had you had no option. But the reality of it is, I think your approach is absolutely spot on. If you take this scholarship, you know, uh, you need to participate in two ensembles, you know, possibly three for some of them. And I think that process will grow the appreciation of wind ensemble. But I agree too. some some of the programs. Maybe people are not interested because we're, we're repeating the same thing. I forgot the piece we played, was, but it was overture for something. But it was like a piece that we ran over over and over. That was it. So, but I think the reason why a lot of schools, y'all, I'm, I, I want to be an advocate too, right? I, don't, I think the lot of a lot of the reason why we don't see more people focus on one ensemble is because of the lack of respect for the woodwind industry. Some of these schools only have ten woodwinds in the whole program. They got three hundred brass and ten little woodwinds sitting down on the first row. So you can't play legitimate wind ensemble music if you don't have the woodwind instrumentation or the woodwind talent. And I think because the investment in a lot of show style bands, and I'm not talking about everybody because we know like bands like Norfolk State, they will that our woodwind section took pride in being a woodwind in the Legion. And you can you go listen to Behold. Yeah, the band's playing at full volume. You can hear the woodwind section the whole time. They took great pride in that. So I think the the lack of one ensemble at HBCUs comes from the the lack of appreciation 
for a great woodwind section. Invest in your woodwind section. You can play some of this literature. But if you got some woodwind sections that can't play 16th notes, you can't play one ensemble lit. And I'm talking about grade three and four. I ain't even talking about John Mackey and, and you know, some of these, these John, Omar Thomas. You know what I'm saying? So at the end of the day, man, it's it's a it's a wide-ranging issue that we're facing, Quan, when it comes to our band programs. And I'll say this, and then I'll be done. We also need to have competent people that's on the podium, too, for Wyndham's album. You know what I'm saying? It's like it's it's a big difference. Like marching band, you know, because that culture is, is established, you know what type of sound that you're going to get for the most part. When the song was different, bro, like stylistically, you need to play it like this. You know, you have to keep the piece to uh, and, and play it with fidelity because the composer wanted it this way. You have to understand program notes. You have to understand score studying, so forth and so on. So that's a whole different kind of can of worms instead of, you know, some of the things we do for marching band. But like I say, you look like when we went to that, uh, what you call them, um, professional development for the Cavaliers. The title of it was, uh, uh, I, what it was like playing um, uh, marching uh, concert band uh, things for the marching band. So you should be a, a concert, a marching concert band. And those things should just transfer over to the wind ensemble. But you got to set the standard and practice wind ensemble all year round. Shout out to the Woodwind Mafia. Um, <clears throat> so real quick, Maya, uh, coming back to you, Quan was kind of hitting, hinting at some of the things that I was going to say. But as you as a person, when you are when you when you say that it's not part of your wheelhouse, um, I hope I said that correctly. It's not part of your wheelhouse. Would you because, you know, marching band very well. Was it because you were exposed to it a lot more than than what you were from the from the wind ensemble perspective? Which is the reason why I say it's not my wheelhouse. Right. Yes. Well, because I also. Yes. Yes. But I wasn't in wind ensemble. So by the time I hit college, I was no longer playing instruments. So there was no. um, Not necessarily visibility. There's no experience that lies there. So for me to speak firsthand or really know what it what what all it entails, it's hard for me to or that's why I take that um, that stance, because I don't want to take away from those who have actual literal experience who can provide a firsthand type of perspective versus not. Me, it's just the outside looking in my general or general understanding rather of music and different ensembles. So, yeah. So in in essence, what you're saying is more or less exposure to it. Yeah. 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 And and I think that's kind of where I was kind of going with that, too. And I think, Quan, you were kind of on that same page, right? Yeah. It being out there is exposure, you know, that the the typical kid who may just be a piano player, you know, needs to see or has not seen because as a piano player we typically think more solo more solo literature but not realizing that a lot of our wind ensembles have pianos in them. but we would every, every piece except for one that i'm playing on this next concert cycle has piano and string bass 
But but that's I think we're all saying the same thing though, right, Julian? My my um my take on it applies to what y'all are saying. In addition to what y'all are saying with exposure, if you got the same videos being posted, or if you got crappy one ensemble videos being posted, what do you think the kids gonna say? There's a lot of great literature for one ensemble that is exciting and is entertaining. But we don't never hear that stuff because a lot of groups play the same stuff over and over. Go look up Dan Zone number two by Marquez. That song has everything in it and it's grade five. You know, so go ahead, Mark. Is the reason why so well now that that warrants why is the same music or the same selections being utilized over and over and over? Is that just what are we talking about HBCU culture? Are we just talking about collegiate? in general or who is it or does that go back to the conversations of lazy band directors who only utilize that same old same old just to say that they're they did it and it's done here we are but not really investing in the craft and wanting to kind of challenge for some not all maya that is the case and and, and so, so uh, before you go uh Kwan, Maya, I appreciate you. See, this is this is why I love you, Maya. Because, because I'm not even going to go through the whole spiel. The next topic was, do HBCU bands value concert literature? Okay. All right, go ahead, Quan. Now, this is my last point. I, but I always go back to your first introduction of something. If a lot of these, uh, if we had effective teaching in the middle school sector, when I was a middle school teacher, bro, I loved it so much to where they just was excited to play not only music, but play music the right way. It's like the purest form when they first start. You know what I'm saying? Like when they are able to hit the green, they're not focusing on blowing that hope. They they just they when you have an adequate teacher and you're teaching them, this is what a good sound like. And they're able to emulate that is different when you introduce them in a proper manner. This is what your the, the capabilities of your horn at this level. And this is the piece. And they're able to complete that piece. I mean, it's it's something that that is uh, obviously unprecedented. Um, So in, in my opinion, we need to introduce concert literature at that level and then continue it on so people have an appreciation of both worlds we know both of us if you eat the same thing every day i ain't gonna want it after a while and i think even for me in my professional career i just be tired of marching man it's so it's so much other music out there that's beautiful that's well written and composed that that we're missing it to where it's like all i want is my mama chicken that's all i want is my mama chicken that's all i want is my mama chicken well guess what you ain't you ain't never been to you know somebody else fried chicken place, like it's just it's just so many limitations that we have, you know, in our community. That's honestly is it's borderline just ignorant because we don't want to change to a degree. But I think the thing about it is this too, Quan. Just to address the question, do HBCU bands value concert literature? Here's the thing, y'all. Like I, I was even reading the com comments too. Couple people named Aaron Copeland. I see a conversation about Bolero by Maurice Ravel. Um, those are orchestral composers. So when you think about it from that context, you're literally talking about the very beginning of Win Ensemble. Win Ensemble is a 70 year old um, activity. It has not been here forever, y'all. 
And a lot of people don't know that. Wind Ensemble is not even 100 years old yet. Maurice Ravel lived in the late 1800s, early 1900s. All right. What legitimized Wind Ensemble was that a lot of these college directors led by who? Frederick Fennell um, said, hey, to legitimize this art form, we need to get people that are legitimate composers writing for this, this new idiom. So what happened was you had people like Schoenberg, you had people like Aaron Copeland. Uh, Ravel never wrote one ensemble music. He never did, y'all. Sorry. Bolero is a transcription written by somebody else for one ensemble if you played it. So at the end of the day, you're talking about a new art form that's still developing and has went through many different facets. My research is talking about jazz composers that wrote for the one ensemble idiom. A lot of people don't know Thad Jones and uh, Sammy Nestico and all these great jazz people that we know wrote for one ensemble. And it was new to them. They were trying to do something new. So at the end of the day, y'all, for HBCUs to value the, the literature, they have to be enthralled in the literature. We let's let's let, this brings up a different topic, man. And I promise I'll be fast. y'all. I promise. There's a reason why a lot of schools now are requiring that new band director hires have a doctorate degree. And part of it is because they don't want a bunch of band heads that only know marching band music because that kills band programs, not marching bands. It is great for the marching bands for some schools. It kills music programs, especially if you're a director of bands, plural. But the reason why they want you to have it is because usually when you have a doctorate degree and you go into those positions, it's a tenure track position. Tenure track positions require you to do research to keep your job. So these people that are doctorate degrees in music usually have like conducting or, you know, or pedagogy degrees. So they are doing research in the field. There's a reason why schools like Prairie View have good win ensembles because Dr. Zachary has a doctorate degree in music and he's and he's a tenured professor. So he has to continuously do this research and technology, which he's doing in music and all these other things to continually stay at the forefront of the craft. But if the only thing you do is show up for marching band and parade season, you don't know what's going on in win ensemble. A lot of these people don't even know who Omar Thomas or Kevin Day are. Two of the leading African-American composers in wind band music. They look like us. And they are Maya's age. Well, Omar is my age. But Kevin is Maya's age. He just graduated from college a couple years ago. He's in a master's program now. Wasn't he at TMEA? Yeah. I, we just saw, I just, you saw me. Yeah, you just saw me talking to Kevin this year. Like, he's one of the premier people. Matter of fact, Julie, I'm going to call him and see if I can't get him on the show so we can educate some of our friends on what's happening in Wimbang. But everybody, please go look up those brothers. They look like us and they are doing it at the highest level. They're in this new group. And if you want some really cool stuff to research, look up the Blue Dot Collective. The Blue Dot Collective. They are in, uh, Omar is in that group. And Kevin, I think, is joining it. But no, Kevin is in the one with Kataj Copley and all those guys. But the Blue Dot Collective consists of Gene Jolly, um, uh, Michael Biedenbender, all these um, Viet Cong, all these great wind ensemble composers are in one group together. So 
that is what happens when you actually research what's going on in music instead of focusing all your energy on what's the next marching band song I can crank up on the damn street sounding terrible. So at the end of the day, man, you have to be a music professional to be a, a college band director. And this is why I understand Quan's frustration with all these people that don't have music degrees running band programs is that you lessen the collegiate experience when you aren't qualified for the job that you have. I'll leave it there. Well, let me ask this, unless someone else was ready. Mm. You good? So, speaking on the, the, the line of being a PhD or having a doctorate of music or being a doctor of music, how many, if any, HBCUs offer that type of program? And if so, would okay, nope. would it be a viable option to receive your doctorate from an HBCU? Nope. Oh, well, shit. well, my I, I, that wasn't me, that was Julian in that damn button, but anyway, my no HBCUs have a doctorate in music, none, Why? very few have a master's in music. I think, well, I'm, yeah. I, I guess I'm saying the program itself, like offering the program to be able to get your doctorate from an my who gonna thing. teach it. I mean, I tell you, I'm just, I mean, I'm, just being, I'm being real with you. Like Norfolk State has a master's degree in music. I got my master's degree from Norfolk State. Norfolk State is one, I think it's five schools that has an orchestra. Yeah. So at the end of the day, Maya, this is this is my biggest argument for all my critics and detractors. Right. Is that y'all can sit up here, and argue me down about some damn marching band for your favorite schools. Do they have an orchestra? Do they have chamber ensembles? Do they have research opportunities for the students, not the teachers? We have to do it if you're tenure track. What are the students doing research-wise? You know, um, brother asked, yes, Thad Jones, hey, in the comment, I'm trying to go back and forth. Thad Jones, that's the basis of my research, by the way. Thad Jones were one win ensemble piece. It's called Northwest Suite. I just performed it last semester. It's only been performed three times. You wouldn't know that. If you sitting at home worried about goddamn who do I turn to and blowing on the next band that marches past you in the damn parade. We have to be better, y'all. We have to get out of this mindset that marching band is everything. And I know that makes people have to do this, Maya. They have to look inward and say, okay, this is an area I know I'm not comfortable in. You know, my win ensemble can only play Ghost Train but so many times. Ghost Train came out in the in the early 2000s. I mean, late 90s. I was in high school when Ghost Train came out in 1996. I played Ghost Train Maya the year it was written in high school. Right? People still making that the basis of their program. And Ghost Train is a great piece. Don't get me wrong. I'm not taking away from it. I did Ghost Train with our concert band, our third ensemble, um, my first year at UConn. But there are so many people, Maya, that won't, won't get out of their own way to say that there's things that are bigger than playing back that ass up in the stands. And until we get out of that mindset, Maya, our programs aren't going to get better. We're going to continue to do the same thing. We're going to continue to not grow. And everybody around us is going to recruit our best talent to their school. That's why I love Deion Sanders. And I'll end it here. That's why I love Deion Sanders. Deion Sanders took his expertise in football, being the best cornerback to ever play football, and he took his talents to an HBCU. Why? Because the white man wouldn't give him an opportunity to coach at the white level. So he said, you know what I'm going to do? 
I'm going to take this black school and I'm going to put them in every single event that y'all would have put y'all big schools in. And then I'm going to bring people along with me. He just did his pro day, Maya, a couple of days ago. He had Mississippi Valley and Alcorn there with him. Twenty-one, twenty-two of the thirty-two yeah, 20, teams showed up. Yeah, it was it was about twenty-two. And he, uh, Dion, looked at the camera. My, my, was like, "Look, the ten that didn't show up, I got your ass." He was like, "I'm, I, you, I bet let let me see you at Ole Miss or at Mississippi State. You are gonna have to answer for it. having somebody with expertise still matters, and putting somebody without expertise in charge of a band program disintegrates the band." I'll leave it there. As he dropped his mic, um, one of the things that I was thinking about, and, and and anybody can can either agree or disagree to this one, I think a lot of it does have to do with um, what the expectation is too, right? Because like I think about Jared uh, Quan. I know that we have had conversations with Jared on secondary sessions. And one of the things that Jared talks about is he did uh, marching band most of the time because there wasn't a requirement for him to do concert band. They didn't require him to do concert band. So when he got to Atlanta, he's now being placed in a position where it is actually a requirement that he has to compete in the concert UIL style festivals. And I think that that's probably happening at the university level too. Are there and and you, and Rick, you can probably give a little bit more insight than than on this. When it comes to that, when we talk about requirements, are any HBCUs truly requiring that we have these win ensembles and that we are doing this literature? Most HBCUs, man, don't even know what happens in a music building. And I'm preaching from experience. I taught an HBCU audience for five years. I taught at Prairie View A&M University. I was associate director of band there. That damn uh, administration building was clueless. The dean's office was clueless. They passed all these rules from afar, never bringing their ass out of the, the air condition in their building. They have no concern whatsoever. I used to get so mad because the dean... The dean at Prairie View, Julian, would go and tell the music department that they aren't allowed to give people superior ratings on their um, assessments. He used to tell each department that. If you send me superior ratings, I'm sending it back. But yeah, he never bought his ass out the music building, not one time, or the, the uh, English building, not one time to come over to the music building to observe any faculty. Not one goddamn time, but he can sit up there and tell somebody they're not a superior teacher. That's the type of shit we deal with at HBCUs, y'all, is these fat cats making 120, 130, 140, whatever thousand dollars a year that are not doing their fucking jobs, but they can tell you how to do yours. It's, it's ridiculous. They don't know what's going on in that music building. Dr. Zachary got ensemble after ensemble there. They got clarinet ensemble, woodwind ensemble, trumpet ensemble. He teaches trumpet ensemble himself. They got percussion ensemble with Prop Jones. They got all these things going on, and the, the people across the street are damn clueless. They like, right, long as long as y'all ain't hazing, I'm good. But let me let me let me say this, and and I think we all agree uh, to everything what everybody is saying. But the, here's the reality of it: we're still suffering from, and I'm gonna use it in this term, generational curses from ignorance. 
Like it's the same. Rick is the it, what Rick is saying is the same thing. We focus on marching band because we think that's the most entertaining part. But from a, a music departmental aspect, we're creating those same type of band directors because that's all we know. So then you got a high school. You don't know any literature. When I went to grad school, that was the first time they was like, hey, I need you to make an Excel spreadsheet with 100 songs, literally of grade one music, grade two music. And I need you to do analysis on every single one. That is your final project. So I literally had to go through 100 ensemble pieces and literally had to build a curriculum to say if I had a beginning ensemble, what program would I put on? And this is 12 songs. If I had a you know secondary ensemble and, and so forth and so on so that I can be accustomed to the literature overall. And real talk, when you interview for like these white schools and it's not about white or black and <laughs> like it was really pissing me off is we're not even prepared for interviewing. Because you go to these white schools, all these schools that in Texas that participate in UIL, that's the first thing they're going to ask you. OK, we uh, we understand where to purchase, you know, marching band shows from. But from a wind ensemble perspective, uh, what, what pieces would you select for your second band? And why? But if you don't know literature or if you wasn't told, hey, when you interview, you need to research literature and pieces, you'll never know. My very first interview that was just like that. And I was like, damn, like y'all want which what, what you what you mean? I mean, I'm gonna pick a grade one. They was like, yeah, but what composer though? But what like uh what grade three selection piece would you would you select? And then they gave you scenarios like where well, you only have you have an unbalanced band, you only have two trumpets, uh a clarinet and such and such. So what what piece do you think would be most beneficial for them? Again, the reason why I'd be frustrated is because we're graduating band heads. That's the problem. We're graduating band heads. I'm we're talking, I'm a musician and I love I love music, but we're doing these kids a disservice. And if to your question, uh Maya, the overall faculty is too damn small for some of the shit that honestly other schools really need us to do. I agree. Cause yeah. like I'm a, I got to give you a story on that, Quan, because you and Julian going to be right with right. me on this. Norfolk State does have an orchestra. Mm-hmm. Norfolk State Orchestra got like six people in it. <laughs> they have an orchestra. It was bigger when we were in school. Mm-hmm. The lady that was teaching the orchestra at Norfolk State was homeless. Miss Chen lived in her car in the music building parking lot. Julian, am I lying? I didn't know Miss Chen. Miss Chen lived in her car. That lady was an adjunct professor. So at the end of the day, Quan. Oh, 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 wait. Yeah. Okay, yeah, my bad, my bad. I was thinking, I, I couldn't remember who came after Dr. Herbson. You're right, you're right. He's right, he's right. Miss Chen had a, a Volvo with the hatchback daddy, and she lived in her car because she was an adjunct professor that couldn't support herself on the salary she was making from the university. Like, this is what I'm talking about, Quan. Like, we live in a day and age where we invest our money in what's important to us. But the problem is, how are we setting these students up for success when they leave our schools? If you go to most HBCUs in this country, half of the jobs that's out here are shut off to you. Julian and I have this conversation all the time. If you don't have certain experiences like drum corps or going to some of these course high schools, you can't get half 
of the jobs that are out there. Quan, you know this. More than you know three fourths. I'm about to say you 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 undervaluing more than half, bro. Yeah. And and if you do, Rick, you have to go to a school that you got to damn near revive and yeah. damn either get a divorce behind or be stressed the hell out, and you're gonna be on goddamn blood pressure pills, nigga, by the fourth year. But we sit up here talking about who played, who do I turn to better on the goddamn street? They got a poll up talking about so who played it better, Jackson or Southern. That's what's important, Quan. Not right. these black people are graduating from these institutions unprepared to get a damn job after spending hundreds of thousand dollars at these universities to go there. And, and I'll say this. We sit in them interviews and our counterparts, them white folks, and some, and I'm going to just keep it a buck, some of them Hispanic folks that was around white folks, Treat you like that too. Yeah. And in so, the end, I'm so you feel me? It ain't I, most, you it ain't most, but it's, I, I it's say a lot. lot. I ain't saying most, but it's a lot. It's a but lot I, because they run in the same circles. Right. If you know, it's Quan, I'm sorry. I, let me show let me say this one thing and I'll shut up, Quan. Remember, I bought this up last week, Quan. I was like, why did, or a while back, why do you think they make people like Maya who wasn't a music major? take classes like music appreciation and other things like that. Because when going into business situations and other types of situations when making deals and stuff like that, they want you to be cultured enough to be able to talk about topics on the golf course, over dinner, over business meetings, other than just what your job is. Mozart comes on the radio or you hear somebody's phone play Mozart. Oh man, that's Mozart. That's, you know, that's whatever. That's, Oh, that's Beethoven. That's the Moonlight Snipe. Like, like being able to say educated things that makes mm, this person not only knows how to, you know, be in corporate America, they also are culture. That's the reason why they make us take those classes if you're not a music major. So those people in those circles, Quan, know the same people. When you go into that circle as a drummer, somebody from a core star background or a music background, hey, you oh, you're oh, you're a bass drummer. You know who Scott Johnson is? You know who Tom Angst is? You know who Tom Rarick is? And you sit up there like, who is that? I but know watch this, but watch this, though. That's the conversation that you run into. For yeah. example, like TMEA, when you be at these percussion boots and they're they're shopping their product. And this is this is real talk. Why you have to be versatile. You go if you ask a person from drum corps, you're not about to battle like say, bro, you know these chops. Like, let me let me grid this rudiment. Nah, they're gonna ask you, say, bro, you know Diddy? Play 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 the opening of Diddy real quick. Or matter of fact, one of my favorites, they're gonna say, Hey, play the opening of tilt real quick, which is my favorite show of all time. Like, that's all I'm saying. It's like you run into that. I've been in an interview. And as my hand is resting on my Bible that's sitting on my uh, on my desk, the dude told me straight up, say, real talk. I mean, you're very articulate. Like you, you I think you're a great candidate and you will be a great band director. But I can't trust you because I've heard too many things about Prairie View's music department and Texas Southern music department. I don't know which one is worse in the interview. So and that, like, that, that's not an indictment about the university either. Quite right. right. That's an indictment about the unprepared people that came out of the university. We used to get that. Same, well, not as much at Norfolk because Norfolk State was graduating great, you know, candidates. But you never heard that about the nursing program at Norfolk State. I pray of you. Never. Norfolk State has a doctorate degree in nurse in um, psychology. Mm -hmm. You never heard that about the psychology department. 
You never heard it about the nursing department. You never heard that about the English. You only heard it about our departments. Why? Because our students are unprepared. Or we let people into our programs that don't have the talent or skill to be there. And that's the one thing that these other schools do, Quan, that some of these HBCUs need to start practicing. Now, granted, HBCUs were started to give people that wouldn't have a traditional track to college an opportunity to get a college education. I understand that, right? I don't want to take that away. Like, remember how mad we were when PV, like, raised the, the requirements to almost, like, Ivy League level, level to get into PV? I think that's dumb. But there's nothing wrong with having standards. A person that can't play a bit, can't play the mallets and the snare drum and all the concert um, equipment correctly, or at least have a clue, shouldn't be a music major. But we'll let that person in, knowing that they're like like supremely behind when it comes to what they should know when they enter a program, and we'll let them come in and be a music major and then wonder why they can't do theory or they don't know music history. That's your fault. That's you set that student up just so you can get that money from that student. So that's that's predatory admission. You know, there's a lot of people that play percussion, Quan, that doesn't know that you're actually supposed to have a fulcrum on a tambourine. They don't know that. They don't know the different methods of doing a roll on a tambourine. This is not the only style of roll. There's a finger roll where you literally put beeswax on the head of the um, of the tambourine and use the fingers around the rim. These are things that people don't know, but they're going to go into a middle school, Quan, Mm-hmm. And when they play a song that has tambourine, they're going to have somebody back there looking like they're in choir. <laughs> like that, that, that's what our kids get, Quan. That's right. what uh, people that look like us get. And see, the, the bad part about that is you do, and it's not about black and white, not like a slave mentality, but you do that shit around white folks, they be like, God damn, like this. And it, it's about having a standard for the craft. It has nothing to do with racism, and we just gonna keep it a book. A lot of the, a lot of these people that go to the PWIs, they've already had the middle school, high school experience. They've had private lessons, so they're far advanced. So when they graduate, first of all, they're graduating certified. That's a whole different topic and conversation. They graduate certified. They network with these other people, and they have their lanes. They they know what it is. The problem is from an emotional aspect, which I I love our HBCUs for that. From an emotional or nurturing aspect, we we are built up, which is awesome. But once you and in the words of purview, once you cross them flagpoles, then what? Then what? Well, and it baffles me because I know we're gonna get somebody in some stupid group somewhere that's gonna say, "Oh, y'all just want everybody to be white folks," and that's y'all damn problem. Rick, final thought on that. Yeah, that's y'all problem. Is that we can't want better for people that look like us without being accused of being Uncle Tom or somebody else. At the end of the day, y'all, we gonna have we have a decision to make, and that decision is: do we want what's best for black people, or do we want what best what's best for us and these marching bands that we love so much? Because at the end of the day, a music education, as Quan just said, is starting to mean less and less every day for people that look like us that come from HBCUs. So, leave it there. All right, man, that one actually went a lot deeper than I thought it would. Me and Maya was in here holding on to our seats. All right, man. 
<laughs> if you just tuned in, man, welcome everybody to Talk That Talk. We have the unfiltered, unscripted, uncomfortable conversations about band, HBCU band culture, music, music education, and more. Go ahead and smash that like button if you are in this room right now, if you're still with us, or if you've even commented on the chat, go ahead and smash that like, Daddy. All right, give us a like, give us a thumbs up. Also, please make sure that you subscribe to the network and turn on notifications. You can also find us at all of your podcasts and networks. Just type in Real Talk That Talk. It's funny that Rick was going into the place that he was going into. I feel like he was feeling some restraint on that. And it's okay. It's all right. Because I want to know what do people mean when they say you're trying to be white? What do people mean when they say you're trying to be white? (laughs) Can I start? Quan, you got it. Go ahead. I was going to go Maya, but Quan, you got it. I'm sorry, ladies first. No, go ahead. You dropped up the gun. You got something to say. It's fine. I feel like, and this this is the stupidest shit in the world, but trying to be uh, trying to be white is when people, when you correct a person in love, but they feel like you're speaking over their head. That's the problem. If Rick get on the show and he speaks about phrasing. I don't want to cut you off, but that is the absolute most best way I've ever heard that described in my like, bro. Like, that was so nice, bro. That was that was man, you man, that was beautiful. Go ahead, bro. Go ahead. Uh, nah, but 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 for real, it's like people feel like you're speaking over your over their head when you say when Rick says things like say I think this is this could have been phrased better or you know maybe they didn't have enough air support. Oh, he think he's something else. Nah, bro, I'm just educated from my craft. Like he, here's the here's the crazy thing: we would never question the doctor if they told us something like a medical doctor. We would never do that. We would never question uh, an executive chef at an expensive or five star restaurant. But we question music majors uh, of each other that's subjective only because it's quote unquote white. Like, that's the stupidest shit in the world. Prime example, we, we've been talking about summer bands and it's, it's going to come up. Why we can't have an adjudication summer band program? Oh, nah, because it's just about, you know, having fun and blowing at hope. But why you can't teach them at the same time when we know there's adequate band directors out there? Like people feel like because your opinion is contrary to theirs, it's white. Because we're talking, I have a vernacular or a vocabulary for specifically what I'm talking about. I'm white. Boy, fuck you. That's really how I feel. That's really, really how I feel. I do appreciate real talk with uh the New Orleans, the uh band legacy doing for those band combines and whatnot. If they're actually teaching, man, that's what's up. That's because that's what we need. But I, I hate this jarring back and forth because the truth is some shit don't sound good and it doesn't. And people don't want to hear that part. Like I know it's some aspects of my band program. That shit don't sound good. But after every show, for the most part, I ask Rick, Rick, how can I improve this? Man, Julian, man, can you teach me this shit? Like I, I have enough humility and love and passion for the craft to be like, if I don't know it, God damn it, I'm going to find it. And one of my organizations, they say shit to be one, ask one. So I'm going to ask you. And you seek delight in all things. Real talk. At the end of the day, I feel I saw it. Uh, at the end of the day, the reality of it is, I feel like, bro, people are so arrogant and stuck in their ways to where they don't even know no goddamn better. To where we feel like what's more exciting or more musical 
Like, look, blow that hoe. Like, that's it. It's like, bro, we like, I just know my value. That's really what it is. I just know my value. And once you know your value, you really don't rock with people on that dumbass level. Like, I, and I'm, and maybe that is bougie. Maybe I am uppity. It is what it is. But I know that I went and incurred, <laughs> I incurred debt to be the best. Do y'all know how I feel, real talk, that I graduated from a HBCU and when I went to my PWI for my master's program, them people say, bro, you have a passion like none other. But the truth is, there are certain aspects that you don't know. You got to start in this remedial class, bro. Cool. Because that's what they going to do. And I don't give a damn about your excuses of what you've been through, what trauma you've been through. This is my standard. One of the hardest teachers that I had, and I, I'll, I'll show it to him, uh, Dr. Shields, Matthew Shields, who was a prodigy from a, a, a violinist, and he's a piano composer, has toured in Vienna and so forth and so on. My department chair received her doctorate from LSU and is a, a classically trained flautist. But those are the people that I want to sit at the table with. Everybody talk about fraternities. So you just going to let somebody wear your colors and they didn't earn that seat at the table, man, please, bro. That's all I'm saying. So when it comes to summer band programs, there's some sounds that, that are awesome. There are some sounds that sound like shit. There are some middle. I understand why you have middle school marching band. But as a director, I would rather him know the B flat scale, E flat scale, A flat scale, D flat scale, B flat chromatic scale and triplet form. And I could teach him how to march because he already know how to play. We shoot ourselves in the foot for what we set up because and even though me and Rick had the conversation earlier about, you know, uh, MSD Norfolk and whatnot, I'd rather take a, a, a MD person that can teach proper pedagogy than a dude just off the street that can't teach a person how to read. I'd rather take an Edward Freetag that honestly revolutionized drumming and hybrid and rudimental drumming in the early uh, in the early 90s for what we see today. But we don't want to have those conversations because looking at the Blue Devils is white. When most of those snare drum champions at PASIC are Blue Devils. Y'all don't say that to Ralph Nader when he's a Blue Devil, but he's teaching at Hampton. Y'all don't say that to him. Y'all don't speak about that for Harvey. That's what I'm saying, bro. It's like we pick and choose when we feel like we can't defend what it is. So because you can't defend it as white, that's your best comeback. I, I just people pe people don't want to hear the truth. We went into debt behind this shit. The truth is, most of our HBCUs experience as the music majors were not the best. Some were different, but it was not the best. And the truth is, I'm ashamed. The reason why I try to go hard in the paint is because I know getting out of school, I wasn't certified. So I had to take what they gave me. So I want to make sure that all my people that are HBCUs, I send them notes on the PPR test or on the music content exam because I don't want you to go through that because they look at you like you ain't shit. And that's how they feel. Maya, you want to go? Now what I'm supposed to say after that? Um, that boy know. done laid down the crumbs, picked them back up again, and threw them to the book. Child, <laughs> what am I supposed to say? He done came all the back, way back around and took. Listen, that was a complete. It was complete. I don't even know where they at. I'm like, who? If I had a wig on, that would be shifted like this. <laughs> 
head. Lord have mercy. He just said, <laughs> I don't have nothing to add. I just don't even know where to start. That was amazing. Shout out to you, Claude. You did that. Something that you did. Well, what that. about from the dancers' perspective, Mike? I would love. Do y'all have this same mess happening? Like the the dancers that do the bucking, like you said, versus the dance crews, like y'all that are doing technique and ballet and jazz and all these other things. How about from that perspective? Now that's a good point. So I think at one time, yes, but I think in the current day, now that being technical and the technical aspect has been leveled up that it's become the new norm and i i think that just came from visibility i mean without a doubt and i've said this before what we call a whack which is basically a a, a turn in second essentially when miss sean came to the foxes that's what she brought now from that it's the spread like wildfire but that's just that showmanship or that is just bringing a level of knowledge of um, of experience and bringing that to the forefront, which has made it now ma mainstream. But in terms of you're trying to be, well, I don't think it's it's as hard or I don't think it's as evident on the dancer side, not in this day. It just kind of used to be a, a very blatant difference between majorettes at like Ohio State or whoever the case may be or the Tiger Girls or whatever the case may be versus black girls at the HBCU bands like there was a very distinct you know separation in the style of it now I don't think that in my well from my experience there was not necessarily like oh this person's trying to be white or y'all trying to be white because y'all are doing more technique it was just kind of what your style preference was right so for the longest the dolls were the ones that were doing the majority of the technique for years and years and years it was very heavy on technique heavy on hip-hop in the 90s the 80s and 90s like like on in a breakdown or what have you and then everybody else just kind of had what made them them so what about, like, like what about y'all like what about the black foxes showgirl like came from the las vegas showgirl right mm -hmm. so so I don't know many black showgirls. So, <laughs> did y'all? Sure. I mean, you could take that thought, but I don't, from, again, from my perspective, it was never like, oh, the foxes are trying to be white or whatever. It was just, they're just very different. They no, but I'm saying, did your competitors say that? Well, that's what I'm saying. But our competitors are what? Other black, other black girls, other black dance teams. And it was just, well, there was no really, a, it's not a competition because it's completely different, right? You, you don't necessarily compete in somebody who's not in your same quote unquote wheelhouse, not based off of ability, but just off of the, the show itself. When Dr. Shroud was still there, you knew that we wasn't going to get on the ground. The most that she was going to get out of our legs being separated and open was in that circle or in the kick line. That's about it. Okay. All right, Rick. Uh, you're not following Quan. You good. He said everything you felt, right? I gone. I think that it's, I think across the board, and I'll be brief because Quan just hit the goddamn nuclear bomb drop on us. But, um, well, Quan, I was so proud of you, boy. I was just sitting over here proud, man. It made me feel good. I'm going to be the villain this week, y'all. Hey. <laughs> you know, I, I got your back, Quan. You ain't say one thing that was false. What people fail to realize is, though, I like fighting. So please don't walk up to me with that stupid shit either. <laughs> like, just being you hear what I say all the time, Quan, when I know I'm about to say something and somebody about to come on the show, don't be disrespectful because I ain't the one. I'm sorry. 
I'm still from Portsmouth. Yeah, don't let this doctor degree fool. I'm still from Portsmouth. But anyway, um, anything that anytime somebody, I'm gonna take an approach that people is gonna not is gonna surprise people. Because people are assuming that I'm about to say that anything that sounds good is considered white. That's not what I'm about to say. What I will say is anything that goes outside of HBCU band culture or what the identifiable standard is. So in this instance, Southern um, is considered white. I.e. MIAC. They like to say the MIAC is born or whatever. But I've heard that the MIAC is white more than anything else that I've ever heard. They see all these black folk over there in the MIAC. So we can only sit there and assume that we are saying because we actually play with some goddamn sense and we try to tune. We actually try to come in together. Our drum section are playing parts that were written on a piece of music, not something that was taught by Joseph up there in the stand line. All right. Then that's all we can assume. I, I've told this story on the show before. I mean, when I was when I first got to Norfolk, we used to laugh when we saw them Southern uh, videos at first and Jackson, because we were like, do they, are they purposely overblowing the horn like that? And they were like, yeah, they blowing that hole. And I, I didn't get it at first. I'm not about to sit up here and lie to you. I thought they were joking until I heard, I remember. And I was like, oh, okay, that's different. <laughs> right, right? Well, let me, let me clarify some things. First of all, I never said that. I, I, I never laughed at them because I came from that culture, but Back then, they ain't say blowing the hell. They were saying cranking. All right, go ahead. Yeah. Oh, yeah, true. Right. Bring the mustard. Right. But, like, all the people from Virginia, we ain't – because Norfolk was what we knew. Hampton was what we knew. So if you didn't sound like Norfolk or Hampton, you out there playing with that bombastic sound, you know, and let's let's be honest. Southern in the 90s, now with an educated ear, they weren't over-blasting like, like a lot of these groups are today. They just weren't. And then when I heard Southern in the 80s, I was like, damn, man, that's a jazz band on the field. That's a brass band on the field. You know, the 44 Posse or whatever they were. I saw that video. I'm like, man, them dudes cold. They putting out just as much sound as the full band 128 did. So I started getting knowledge of this program. I'm like, okay, this program is about something. Because they were only marching with 128 at the time. That's a drum corps. And he probably got that from uh, Ohio State because Ohio State only marches a set number in all these other schools every year. So when you think about that, man, it always came off as anything that sounds good is considered white. I don't think that's the case anymore. I think that anytime you show that you're actually an educated person on the field that knows what you're talking about, you being white. Anytime you advocate for anything other than sitting up in the stands playing them rap daddies in the fifth every week, you white. Anytime you go out there and you say, hey, guys, it's okay for us to prepare our students for the real world, other than just playing marching band music year-round, sounding bad, that's white. You know, I can't I can't add more to what you said, Quan, other than the fact that anything that goes outside of HBCU band culture is considered white. So I'll I, I add one more thing real, real quick. So I don't I don't care about color, but what's good is what's good. If we want to sit down and really talk about some things. If you look at old school Purdue, that's Grambling. If you look at old school Michigan, that's Southern. But we don't want to say where 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 some of these um, 
legend. Hold on, Quan. Let me cut you off. Mm-hmm. See, you're 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 saying this. You're doing exactly what I just said. You're mm-hmm. saying this from an informed perspective. You actually did the research right. to go out and find this stuff out. These folks we talking about ain't doing that. Right, they right. click on they click on YouTube and they push play. They don't right. click on. Okay, let me. Well, I love the human jukebox. Where did it come from? Let's go back to the jukebox from this year, that year, that year. There's a video on YouTube right now, Quan, and everybody can go look at it. A fam you from the fifties, but playing uh, what is it, St. Louis Blues or something? Playing, playing, playing swing. They are swinging on the field. Show me the overblowing. I'll wait. And most of it is them playing marches. There's a video, Quan, um, from Jackson in the seventies. Show me the overblowing. There's a video of Southern the eight, the uh, from the late '80s with Dr. Zachary. Me and Julian be we every time we see him in the cheek puff, Daddy. I still All right? <laughs> show me the overblowing. I still got the DVD. Right, like this is a new phenomenon, Quan. This is not this is not culture, but these people are so uninformed as to what true HBCU band code. Some of the main people, Quan, that sit up here and argue people down and tell them they suck in that uncut group and other places. Didn't play like that when they were in that band. They never. Doctor Graves would have cut that shit off quick. That ain't what we sound like. The standard was Southern. Brandon Marcellus went to Southern. He ain't go to Juilliard and none of these other schools. Like we we had sense at some point, Quan. But then what happened was we allowed people to get in these positions that are underqualified. You bought this up. I'm using your argument, Quan. That are underqualified. A dude that can't can barely read a piece of music is running a band program. Cannot conduct in four to save their life. I get so tired of seeing this or somebody go to three on two. I get so tired of seeing this terrible conducting. I don't know what to do. And that person's in charge of a band program. That's what we get. So at the end of the day, man, we can go about this quan as much as we want, bro. At the end of the day, the band is as good as the visionary that's standing in front of it. At the end of the day, like I always say, a concert of in tune is a concert of no matter where you are in the world. Go ahead. Nah, and I agree with you because he, he, you said this earlier. Initially, when I first joined the band, of course, you know, my, my roots was, was developing into Southern University in Jackson State. And I thought that, too, until I heard fam. And then I was like, dog, this this is what. It's supposed to be because you know back in the back in the day it was an anomaly for you to get a band tape like you had to find a band tape or maybe your director had it and when you started really seeing that stuff it was different i had called up to uh ncat and got uh it was a gym battle that they had in them blue little jumpsuits uh that uh, back in the day and i was like damn they blowing that hole too but they sound good like that's that's all i'm saying and i don't think bethune ever sound bad but you have to be informed and you got to be willing to change. So, but there are some aspects, bro, of, of DCI that when they open up for them closers, if you just love music, you'll be like, bro, them boys is playing. I'm talking about stagger breathing, holding it damn near for like 45 counts and playing it. If you look at uh whoever the guy is from Carolina Crown, every now and then I look at his technique of teaching and whatnot and, and what they're doing. You see, you see HBCUs now doing space chords. Oh, but that was white too, though. That's all I'm saying, bro. It's like we pick and choose when not doing the space chords, right? But go ahead. 
But I'm just saying, though, it's an attempt. You feel what I'm saying? So it's, that's cool, but that's not. like. I'm, and I'm not being ugly. So some of the techniques and pedagogy of, of Clark exercises and, uh, and uh, like the Remington warm-up. So that's why, too, though? That's all I'm saying, bro. So we use standard of excellence, a tradition of excellence. I guess that's white too. Huh? I'm just, I'm just tired of people are picking, choosing when is white and when is not. Okay. That, you know that. I didn't expect Quan to go there, but he let his whole, he he let his undergarments hit the table. All right, here we go. Let's. Get- <laughs> he let the elephant trunk out. <laughs> <laughs> All right, man, let's keep it rolling. Let's get to this last topic, man. Welcome, everybody, to Talk That Talk. We have the unfiltered, unscripted, uncomfortable conversation. Man, these these conversations have been uncomfortable today, boy. Uh, about band, HBCU band culture, music, music education, and more, man. Man, y'all go ahead and smash that like daddy, man. Go ahead and even smash that like daddy for Quan, because he went in. All right, go ahead and smash that smash that like daddy. All right, let's get these likes up. But also, please make sure you subscribe to the channel. And turn on notifications. Uh, we will be. This is our last topic. I'm going to be putting the link inside the chat so you can come in and call with us, call in with us, man, and, and give us your thoughts. I already know Justin going to be first, man. He's ready. I bet he's there with his with his notepad, ready to go. All right, let's go ahead and get to this last topic. Concert. Oops, my bad, my bad. Oh, let, me, let me fix that. I didn't even notice that. Concert band equals better. Is that true? Concert band equals better. Is that true? Uh, Rick. (sighs) No, it doesn't equal better, especially if it's not done well. Because all you're doing is just doing what you do in marching band. So let's talk about a well-organized one ensemble, right? First and foremost, you choose your literature probably a few months before you even step into the band room with your students. And you rehearse. You rehearse what your hand is doing. You rehearse what this hand is doing dynamically. You prepare yourself. Your score study equates to great performance. So as a band director, are you putting that work in? Once you step into the wind ensemble room, you have first, before you play a note of music, you have standards as to the development of sound that you want. What's the timbre? What's the balance? What's the, you know, the pitch that you want? How are you going to attain that pitch? What exercises are you going to do to get there? That's before you play any music. And I don't care what level you are. The best programs in the world play Bach chorales. Why Bach chorales? Because Bach chorales not only have good tonal um, leading, but they also have major and minor chords that will allow you to tune your ensemble properly. What's the tuning method that you're going to use? Are you going to use equal temperament or are you going to use just intonation? That's before you play any music. So then going over those concepts, if I'm playing a major chord, am I bringing the, the note down 14 cents on the third? All right. Am I um, bringing it up? On a minor chord, like all these things that we that are elementary to some in one ensemble are foreign to others. And my like Quan bought this up, and, and I used to do this at PV. Man, it was my final assignment for the instrumental lit class. 
What type of program are you trying to do? What are you trying to accomplish? What is your philosophy of programming? Do you want a woman composer on every concert? Do you want an African-American or a minority composer on every concert? Do you want a canon, um, a piece from the canon on every concert? What is your concept of programming? Or are you just picking songs that you think your band can do or that'll sound good? No, no vision. So does concert band equate to being better? No, if you don't have a person up there that knows what they're doing. You can actually do more harm than good, especially if you're not giving the right information. Now, it can be beneficial if you have a visionary up there that knows what the heck they're doing, and then you transfer those, those concepts over to marching band. That, that works just fine. I used to always say when I taught drum corps at the Blue Coast and when I was first uh, getting in, drum corps and marching band in general is one ensemble with the volume turned up. That's all it is. Whatever you did in the concert hall, you do here. We want good timbre. We want good approach to the instrument. We want good musicianship. We want all those things. Just turn the volume up. But that's not how some of us approach marching band. Some of us approach it as blow that hole. And that's, that, yes, you're right, man. I, I don't agree with it, but that's your right. If that's what floats your boat, I want you to do what makes you happy. I want our people to be happy. And I don't want anybody to be the same. But at the end of the day, like I always say, good is good. Don't matter where it's from. It don't matter who does uh, who does it. There's a couple bands I always go to, and it ain't just the big bands. I always talk about North Carolina Central. Always, y'all have heard me talk about them on many occasions because I know Delin and I know what he brings to the table. So I know the type of instruction that those kids are getting. I know Juliet Borkins at Elizabeth City. So I know what those kids are getting. If they could get some of the recruitment that some of you big schools get that ain't doing shit with these kids. They'll be wiping the floor with y'all. So let's not sleep on the small program. Quan, I know you're a big advocate for that too, and so is Justin. I'm sure he'll talk about it when he gets in here. But I respect Tennessee State because I know what Larry brings to the table and the band staff brings there. I respect Prairie View. I respect um, Bethune-Cookman because I know throughout all the double deductions and all that mess that people like to joke about with Donovan Wells, you can't out-teach Double deduction. <laughs> you can't out-teach him. His win ensemble sounds better than all y'all's. His marching band sounds better than all of y'all's. Like, let's be real. We ought to be able to say that that fam you, Young and the Restless, was the best-sounding thing in marching band, black college marching band this year. But we can't even agree on that. We'll agree with, with all these other things, but we can't agree that that was an amazing arrangement and performance. I don't give a damn if it was under a bleacher in a hallway. I don't give a damn. Did it sound good? Yes, it did. So at the end of the day, man, all that's important. And when Ensemble can help with that type of development. I'm done. Concert band equals better. Is that true? Maya, as you're putting your slick back. I mean, I like for it to be true. I would like to think that it's true. The first thing that came to mind is, I mean, it can be true as long as we're not exacerbating bullshit. I mean, and that just honestly goes back to what to what Brownie said. I mean, if we're making, if, if there's, 
the same thing that we talk about that we've been talking about all day if we're steady putting if we're steadily putting forth half ass or lack of whether it's knowledge whether it's talent whether it's audacity whether it's willingness sure i mean anytime there's additional exposure anytime that there's additional um practice rehearsal or ability to learn a different side of the craft that should be pushing forward but also like i said if it's not exacerbating bullshit or if it's just not like making like i, like I like to say every week every week this cyclical balance of poor performance piss poor performance then there is no betterment being done there is no improvement there are in, not any improvements being made so i mean so I mean, I would like to think that it would mean better, but doesn't always mean better, especially with the conversation that we've had today. Looks like it's maybe worse, <laughs> or or simply just kind of like flatlined and neutral. So I honestly thought that within your comment, you were going to say, "I mean, if we're going to get into it, we're going to get into it." I thought you were going for that. I mean, I I thought it was coming. I was waiting for it, but you you didn't hit it. But it's okay. I was I was ready for it. Though. I mean, if we need to, we, we there we go. It's that's close. But enough. it's just it's just really that. Like, I mean, there's no use in me doing across the floors five times if I'm doing the technique wrong. I'm just training my body to perform wrong. There's no use in me going into my rehearsal room and and rehearsing or practicing rather on my own time, the wrong shit. Cause when it comes time for rehearsal, when it comes time to perform, you, 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 you perform how you practice. So, I mean, if we just want to get into the depth into of, of it all, if we don't have anyone that's putting forth effort or cares about what the hell these kids are doing or playing or whatever the case may be, and they just there to get a check. Yeah. Now you, now you're setting people backwards because not only are you developing whether it's embouchures or technique or whatever the case may be and you're practicing that when they get to marching band when they get to jazz or, or whatever ensembles that they're going to be a part of or even after school and they enter the, the work field now they just teaching the next the next person the same old same old shit same old shit same old you know what i'm saying same old bullshit and now we back to the beginning so not only am I bad, now, now my whole team of people that I'm trying to develop are bad. So, I mean, it just looks like the current culture to me. But that's neither here nor there. Shots fired. I didn't hit the button. My bad. I, I wasn't ready on the button. I was doing everything, but shots fired. All right, Quan. <laughs> Concert bad <laughs> equals better. Is that true? Um. Yes and no. Yes, if you have an adequate concert band program uh, and the pedagogy is transferring to the marching band. Yes, if you have an adequate wind ensemble and you're teaching proper things so that the music majors understand how to truly prep for rehearsals. That's why back in the day, we used to have band practice to the wee hours in the morning because we was trying to fix stuff that if we had a specific vision to say, hey, we're going to attack measures one through this. Hey, y'all, I've already scored study. Let's go over this particular rhythm to ensure that uh, that uh, this may be a, a I, I call I tease this to my students. This is a danger zone. 
Uh, maybe this is, uh, I'm looking at the score. Maybe you need to do an alternate fingering right here um, at this particular portion. Hey, because, you know, we may only have one or two flutes, but the flute has this main part. I need you to tune it all the way down to balance it properly. If you're doing all that, then yeah, that should transfer uh, to your uh, marching band. Then if you're doing those things, yes, then concert band is better. Uh, however, if you're not like Rick and Maya was saying, if you're not doing that stuff, then no. If your main focus is blowing, I hope if your main focus is marching band, then that's what you're going to graduate band heads. And the unfortunate thing about that is a lot of the students that are graduating at this time feel that they're going to graduate and walk into a powerhouse when this is a profession that is trial by fire and you will cross the burning sands regardless. So just like I'm paying my dues uh, to show myself, not anybody else, but myself just do that I, I am an adequate and, and proper band director. Why can't nobody else? That's all I'm saying. What'd you just get finished eating, Rick? Brussels sprouts. Probably. <laughs> Hey, y'all know I love them Brussels daddy, so I'm sorry. Hey, I ain't. I'm good. Only way, only reason I knew was because he hit that lip white right as soon as that camera came on. <laughs> camera came, he's like, all right, all right, let's get that off. <laughs> oh, man. Hey, them Brussels be hitting. Yeah, that gas, though, is terrible. Uh, all right. <laughs> Lumen Lambert is me. <laughs> All right, man. Uh, that's that was the last topic, man. Uh, man, ain't nobody calling in today. Not even Justin, man. I'm surprised. I am surprised. We're good. It's all good then. That means we can wrap up early. Uh, never mind. Never mind. <laughs> as soon as I was about to say that, here you come. All right, let's let's. Phoenicia, them Brussels bras be hidden. What Phoenicia say? I ain't said in Brussels sprouts fire. Oh. They are. Straight good. All right, man. Let's get let's get Justin in here. Come on in, bro. What's going on, brother? What's going on? How y'all doing, man? Y'all good? What's up, bro? Good. Uh Kwan, man. Hey, you, you said you said a lot tonight, man. Especially that example you gave with trying to be white. I was like, damn, you hit it on the head. Um, and I was I would just add um Stupid people don't like to feel dumb. You know what I'm saying? Like, you make a stupid person feel dumb, now they won't fight. You know what I'm saying? Or, or now you wrong. You're just trying to be white. That's a real good example. I, I, of my friends, we are from the fucking hood, but I was the only one, or one of the only ones who wanted to know more and know better. You know what I'm saying? So I definitely could feel where you're coming from. I mean, like I always, I agree with everything y'all saying. Everything. And that one thing, that's what I like, like about y'all, especially Rick. When you be saying stuff, Rick, it's hard. It's hard to say you wrong. It's hard because if you you living it, you're teaching it, you've been through it, and you've been through all aspects of it. So I can't be like, man, that nigga. Versus somebody who, who who I just know it ain't got the credentials like that nigga Rick. And then like I say, you know, you're right. In your regard. I'm going to just say, just to play devil's advocate a little bit because somebody got to do it. Um, I just feel like I do, I can relate to the to the to the person saying that they're trying to be right. You know what I'm saying? Like, I just feel like sometimes, you know, we always gotta ask ourselves, like, just because we're not doing it their way doesn't make our way wrong. 
You know what I'm saying? And I don't care what you say for every every correct way and how you would, I wonder, uh, I, I went YouTube. As soon as you said Norfolk had a, a orchestra, I would try to find videos of it. Let me find this orchestra he's talking about. But then you said it had six people. I'm like, my point is exactly. You know what I'm saying? So just to play devil's advocate, bro, all that sound nice, but these concert bands ain't what's popping up when you type in your favorite HBCU band. You know what I'm saying? So like, we got to find a medium. Some kind of, where is the medium? I don't know. You know what I'm saying? Like you said, the example quite about the chicken. You know what I'm saying? Like some steak every now and then. I agree. But Justin, let me push back on that, bro. Let me push back on it. You know why? Because okay. you sitting at home right now instead of in Atlanta. Hmm. Garrett Edgerson is not in Atlanta. Well, I don't know if he is. There is a major concert ensemble event going on this weekend, and you probably didn't even know about it because nobody publicized it. So the people that can make this happen don't know what the hell is going on. You are one of the biggest names in show band right now. And you didn't even know that there was an HBCU band consortium going on in Atlanta right now. Like they're literally there now. And some of these schools, Justin, are bringing their one ensemble and jazz bands. Just you can go online right now or when you leave, bro, and look up PVAMU jazz band. Uh, at the HBCU Band Consortium from 2015. I took My band played there, Justin, and we played a full concert. We ain't going there and play one or two songs. We played seven charts on that concert. And 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 <clears throat> just to interject on that, they're still posting that video up today. They just did yesterday. So I can put my clips up, Justin, against anybody. But the only reason they exist is because Sean, Sean Zachary, Dr. Zachary's wife, recorded the concert. There was no smash time there. There was no uh, the edge, the D-edge there. There was no, uh, you know, the brothers there. There was none of that, bro. So next year, uh, I'm going to make sure that I tell you in advance, bro, when that HBCU band consortium is so we can get the smash time, crank that concert, pound sound, crank that concert. Oh, yeah, I, I smash it. If, if I'm invited, if I know, like, I know I, I'm going to a couple school uh, concert in, in in the weeks to come. Uh, but you're right, you know what I'm saying? Like you said, I can't argue with you, you know what I'm saying? I don't know about it. And we, don't, we don't publicize it, you know what I'm saying? Like, we But you know why, Justin? Because they don't sound good. Like I'm just Justin, you know me, bro. You know me. You know how I am. I'm a. I'm a keep it real. I ain't gonna sugarcoat nothing because we we didn't have enough of that sugarcoating stuff. That don't fix nothing. Justin, in 2015, that same concert that I was telling you about, and I know he don't mind me saying it, so I'm gonna put it out there. South Carolina State bought their win ensemble to that exact same event, and it was one of the most god awful win ensemble concerts I have ever heard in my life. And Hop had just got hired at PV. Uh, you know, he's a South Carolina State graduate. And he was absolutely embarrassed. It was awful. They played Sleep by Eric Whitaker. And I swear, it, it didn't put me to sleep. It gave me nightmares. Because it was so out of tune. And so, on. Julian, did you stay for that um, that South Carolina State one ensemble concert? No. Bruh, it was awful. It was awful. Then they came in and they did the HBCU combined um, concert band concert. And that was okay. It wasn't terrible. It was okay. So at the end of the day, they don't want you there because you tell the truth. You have to, right? Because you, I ain't never seen you edit no, no videos to change the sound data and all that. What you hear is what you get. 
They can't afford to have you there, Justin. They ain't going to invite you to there. If they were proud of what they were about to take to the consortium, they had you right on the bus with them. They had you on the bus for everything else. They had you eating chicken with the band for everything else. See, that's that's the problem, bro. We got to be real. I will let, just next time I have a concert, I want you to come on up here to Connecticut because I know I can put my money where my mouth is. I live stream every concert I've, I've done. Every last one people can go watch. So it, they can't afford to have Smash Time there with that real uh, unedited band clip of what you actually sound like because then they'll be saying the camera line. But, but I, I, have a, I have one question for you, Justin. From your opinion, what's white? Uh, I, I can't. I'm a. I'm real. I can't even be honest and act like I never was a victim of saying that mm-hmm. until I knew better. You know what I'm saying? Because that's why when you said like, like, yeah, I just said that. Like, okay, um, that concert stuff. Like, my it took my high school better to really introduce me and understand what was what and understand that me us playing this stuff, it, it makes me better. I look at a rap daddy like, <laughs> like that's it. You know what I'm saying? Where, where's Winter Wins? And I, and I get it. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? And I, and I feel like. When you get to college, bro, you know what I'm saying? A college is the furthest is the, is the furthest you can go with group marching band, I guess, besides like DCI. You know what I'm saying? Everybody ain't trying to do DCI for a select few people. You know what I'm saying? But somebody can say that, you know, well, for a new school, I don't want to call it schools. A school that oh, they don't really care about concert bands. A lot of schools don't care about concert bands, obviously, you can tell. What does that matter to us if the kids we getting is marching band and marching band is our seventeen? So, so to 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 answer that, big bro, it's like, but that's the problem. It's like, as adults, so I got two sons. If I don't teach them better, then they're going to repeat the same mistakes that I did. That's what's going on with some of these bands, bro. Like we're not recruiting these kids, and once they get there, say all right. Man, you're an outstanding euphonium player. You're you're not a music major, but I'm giving you this money. So guess what? It's a job. I need to see you, bro, at concert band. And it ain't no, well, I, I can't go. Well, your scholarship gone then. Like, and this is why you're doing this. And specifically for the music majors, you your cup of tea, has, your palate, your uh, cuisine has to be balanced. The problem is why we got a lot of people that sick because we just want to eat the fatty food. But if you throw some vegetables, Brussels sprouts up in that thing, you have a well balanced, you know, uh, program. The problem is these programs are not well balanced, bro. And it's not about being a, a music major. It's about having the well balanced because I have a student. She says, Mr. Mitchell, I'm not going to be in a marching band. I just want to be in a concert band. So that should be an area and space just for her. Outstanding clarinet player and saxophone. But she don't want to do marching band. She was like, I just like to sit and listen to the and, and play. That's her. You got some kids that just like they would just want to do jazz band. What are those avenues for them? But I feel like in the black culture, we just be like band, marching band when everybody's not a band. Head. And on top of that, bro. These people that you're talking about, Justin aren't thinking about band into the future. They're only thinking about the right now, right? Quan brought up an awesome point, and I didn't want to cut them off, so I'll jump in at the end here. HBCUs, without a doubt. And listen to me, y'all. I've taught at both levels, so I can say this with absolute confidence. The best euphonium players in the country go to HBCUs. 
I bought one of my arrangements just into my school now, and the euphonium players were looking at me like, it's too high. What are all them notes? And it's something that the HBCUs will look at and be like, man, whoa, that's easy work. That's light work. You know what I'm saying? The So why aren't these HBCU schools setting these people up saying, okay, there are limited euphonium jobs out there, period. These military bands should be dominated by HBCU band euphonium players. But we don't give them that 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 progression, right? To think past blowing that hole against Jackson or whoever. We think only in the moment. Not, I didn't bring Daryl here just for the marching band. I bought Daryl here because I want Daryl to be able to make a living once he leaves college, even if he's a music major. Obviously, everybody's not a music major, right? But at the end of the day, that's your job as a band writer, not just blowing that hole. It's providing an experience for young people that sets up their future. It's about them, not you. So you have to make the tough decisions sometimes. Go ahead, bro. What what if one can say, bro, uh, back to this, one can say, okay, everybody in the band ain't music major, so if I'm just using the band to get my to get me out the hood, to get a degree to be a better person, cool, my band directors technically do their job, it ain't that many band directors jobs out there either. It ain't how many. That's not true. Many? That's not true, and that's, that's, that's completely that's exactly. True. That's exactly what I was saying earlier. Go ahead, bro. I don't want to cut you off, but I'll jump in now. I, 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 I would say it ain't, it ain't that many band directors that drive out there either. So let's use the South, for example, Louisiana, right? Okay, you got 20 music majors in the band. Let's say 20, 20 out of 100 something, 100 something. All of them graduate the same year, right? Of the 20, 10 of them, they won't be high school band directors. You know what I'm saying? High school band directors, job sold up. You don't want to do middle school. You know how it is. People do fucking middle school back because you ain't got to teach. Where do they go from there? You know what I'm saying? Oh, don't, say, oh, don't say nothing. Hey, hey, I, listen. Cause you know you're proving my point, right? You, you really are. <laughs> you're you're I, truly I, proving. I, I, I want insight. Yeah, let me provide your insight on it. I'm, I'm gonna say this, Quan. Quan is gonna go a different direction because I know the direction he's gonna go. Rick might go a different direction. I'm gonna say this. Half of the problem too. Is and I think it's it's kind of along the lines of what Rick always says. Your band is only as good as your director, right? So if you go to those twenty, if you go back to those twenty people that you referred to, right? Most of those out of the twenty people, if they were all they were getting was marching band. First of all, they also weren't taught that nine times out of ten, when you go to college and you come out, you more than likely are not going to get a high school band, and if you are, it's going to be the epitome of I got to grow that, right? But the other half of that is. Most people only want to stay where they know they can only teach that one thing. So that goes back to what you said. There's not a lot of jobs. No, there are a lot of jobs out there. But the problem is there's a lot of jobs for people who can teach. If you can't, if all you know is blow that hole, then yes, your your options are limited. And nine times out of ten, you're going to get an elementary school or a middle school that you quote unquote don't want. That Quan was going to say something about in a second because he was ready to fire off after after you said that. But I'm just saying the, the 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 fact of the matter is because there's not a lot of because you're not receiving the education that you're supposed to be receiving and you're not getting the knowledge that you're supposed to receive, when you, especially from an HBCU in most cases, you are not making yourself available for the positions that are out there. You're only making yourself available for the small, minute things that most people aren't going to give up because for most of them, it's just a check. So if I'm not interested in the positions, then what? 
Yeah, I feel you say there's a lot of uh, all y'all flip when they say there's a lot of dives. What if I'm not about? I went to school because I, I wanted to be a high school band director, and that's what I that's the only reason I wanted to be a music major. Everybody, music passion on stretch as far as y'all, you know what I'm saying? So, all these dives I'm talking about, what, what, what are some of them that I might let me own? let me say this real quick and then I'm gonna let Kwan go. All right, I'm let me tell you my story. I didn't give a damn about band. When I was in middle school, I didn't give a damn about band. When I went to high school, and I and I went to one of the premier high schools for band in the state of Texas during my time. Now I don't know what it is now, but and that's nothing. To, that's no slight against anybody. I'm just saying that's what I did. Come on, mute your mic, bro. But what do? Oh, but even still, I was watching Jackson and I was watching Southern when I was in school. When I came out. I didn't give a damn about no wind ensemble. I appreciate it for wind ensemble for what it was. I did. But I just wanted to go and crank up at Norfolk State, which is what I did. But it wasn't until I met people like Rick, who was involved with drum corps, which is something I found interesting when I was in high school. And I started hanging around him. And I started learning a lot more things. And I started being a lot more involved. And then when I actually stepped out and I started gigging and I realized, oh, shit, I need more than just this marching band shit under my belt. And then I actually got thrown in a position where I was teaching middle school and high school. And the person who was around me was a classical trumpet player and a classical jazz and, a, and a, not a classical jazz player and a jazz player. And he said, hey, you're going to have to you do this marching band shit really well, but you gonna have to do more than that shit. And then I got play. I got forced into that shit because I realized that I had a mindset that well, I ain't trying to do that shit. But you know what? At the end of the day, I ended up having to understand that I needed to get that knowledge because I needed to make myself more marketable. Because I'm not going to get that huge school that I always think about or that I always wanted when I came out of high school. It's very rare that our people come out of HBCUs and get that that top tier program that they want where they can just crank up and blow that hoe. And unfortunately, that's why you have a lot of middle school uh, marching bands, because a lot of people came out and say, well, shit, I ain't trying to do that. And then when they don't get the job they want, what ends up happening is they try to create a middle school marching band when them kids should be sitting down trying to understand how to truly approach their instrument and create a great sound and getting the true pedagogy. I think at the end of the day, we think too small. I think that's what it is, Just. I really do, bro. I think that we have such a small perception of what music is because our experiences are small that I think that we close ourselves off from many opportunities. Eddie asks, what in your opinions? Yeah, he asks, in your opinion, leave it up for a second, Julian. What parts of the country, in y'all opinions, have more high school gigs that require directors, directors that actually teach versus blow um, blow that hole, but that's directors. That's a good point you make. At the end of the day, every single state in this country has that expectation. Every single one. I don't know of any state that doesn't have that expectation. Here's the thing that we don't realize. The HBCU culture is a southeastern thing. Ain't no HBCUs on the West Coast. And it's a lot of black folks over there. You know, we're only covering such a small thing that we don't we never think outside of our bubble. Ain't many HBCUs and then you got Wilberforce, you got, you know, up in Ohio, Central. Ain't there ain't many HBCUs anywhere, y'all, other than the Southeast. 
So at the end of the day, you're only you're set, set, shutting yourself off a from forty percent of the fifty percent of the country, and then b there are standards in place in every single school system in every single district in this country. Standards of excellence it was I mean standards of learning it was in Virginia, Teeks it is in Texas. All these school districts have standards that they say this is what we expect from a music educator. That doesn't change. My argument, Justin, is at the end of the day, if a student goes to whatever college, they can have whatever ambition they want to have. Let's say you want to be in one of those schools. Like one of my favorite high schools to listen to is Minor High School. Minor High School is a show style school. They ain't no core style school, but they play with great songs. Shout out to Mr. James Crumb, the band director at Minor High School. Used to be the um, Carlton Davis that's at um, A&M. He used to be at Minor High School. I mean, um, Carlton Wright, sorry. Carlton Wright at um, at AM. He used to be at Minor High School. Great band program. They ain't no core style band. People think I just like listening to core. No, I like listening to good. And at the end of the day, if you got, Justin, I thought you were going to go here with your what you were saying. If you got 20 music majors at a school, at an HBCU, University of Texas has 100. Texas Tech has 50. Sam Houston has 60. All these kids are graduating the same time as our HBCU kids are, and they're all competing for the same jobs. Except one group of kids has a major deficiency in their band knowledge. Who are you going to hire, Justin? The person that is highly trained and highly qualified or the kid that wants to come out and blow that hole? That's That's my argument, bro. We can sit up here. We can love HBCU band culture all we want. But if we have identified as black people that there's a major hole in some, not all, you know, in some, then what are we going to do to make our kids experiences better and their chances of getting the job after they leave the marching band, which should only be four or five years at the most, and they have 50 more years to live? What are they going to do then? You know, and even the ones that aren't music majors, they go back and contribute to these mass bands. Let's contribute in a way that is that is effective, that's going to help these kids have a chance to compete against UT, Texas Tech, and all these other schools. That's my the argument. The difference, bro, and I, I feel you. Like, at the same time, if, if you say they had a deficiency and Sam Houston, all these big schools, they're learning more, they're doing more, they're well, they're more experienced musically as a whole, bro. But at the same time, like, what about the culture that we have created? I guess that's, that's my only big problem with it. I feel like I, I can relate to somebody. I, I, I get everything you're saying. I feel like sometimes we down what we can create it because it's not right by what the white says right. You know did, did, did we create it? Did we, did we create it? Did we create yeah. it, Jeff? We, we might have created it, but we, 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 we damn sure policy to what we like. You know, and that's the case. Fraternity. No, 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 I won't get into that. No, go there, bro. No, I want you. Know, you you're entitled to your opinion. Yeah, yeah. Uh, listen, uh, um, ours. What's ours? If we keep expanding on what's ours, bro, you know what I'm saying? Ain't nothing wrong with the the, the HBCU grads that's getting that's the, the graduating. They can keep pouring towards us. You know what I'm saying? I, I, I'm gonna just say. I don't want to get in an argument to, between somebody who's telling y'all that white shit is uh is 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 wrong and y'all saying no it's correct. I don't want to get in that argument because I feel what both of y'all say. I, 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 what are they saying is wrong? No, I mean I'm, I'm saying like okay for for somebody who's saying like you say uh play it not saying not in tune but like you know what I'm saying 
overblowing. What you may consider overblowing, Rick, you know what I'm saying? We may consider lit. You know what I'm saying? You may go to Craig's Fest and I'm like, one thing that's played, you know what I'm saying? Why they got to play with the cheeks puffed out? I get it, it's wrong. I wish we learned it in middle school, you know what I'm saying? So we really, who really learned, but at the same time, some of the best people on the horn, I know play with the wrong, a, a, a messed up Amish. You know what I'm saying? Puffing their cheeks out. I, I get it, it's wrong, but that's what we do. Let me put a thumbnail of a YouTube video of Southern Baritone section with like a fish, and let me put Fam, you a Clara, a pick a little player playing like this. You wanna know which one go get the most clicks? You know what I'm saying? Which one look more lit? I'm just saying we don't have to bash or like really come hard down on our culture to say to tell us that it's right. Versus we can't as a culture can't take constructive criticism. So it's like we come in a stalemate. You know what I'm saying? You feel me? So I get what y'all saying. I don't want to think, but at the same time, I do kind of. If I'm picking, I'm picking. Put niggas out, you know what I'm saying? Because that's what I like, and that's I can get a, I can get a, I get 150 people in, in the band, 250 people in the band playing like I play. Can y'all do it? You know what I'm saying? Don't want y'all to do over there? You know what I'm saying? So how how we have to find? A, I always say this: we have to find a media. What you gotta say, Kwan? So my my uh my the school uh, internet is intermittent. So so one thing like initially like we had said um. Uh, about the those jobs so from personal experience this is some once you graduate from an hbcu this is what you face real talk and if i'm wrong luke or rick you chime in or anybody that, that was music majors and band directors chime in first of all you're gonna receive racism my dad's bro like straight up it's gonna be blatant in your face racism they're gonna look real talk at your transcript they're gonna see where you come from and then they're gonna look at the uh, what's the word? The reputation of that particular music. I'm pretty sure he was going to say music school. school. <laughs> <laughs> he was there too. Hey, that's your trash. Your internet trash, bro. <laughs> hey, but Justin, for real though, on a serious note though, bro, like you, the one thing I will say about you is you make legitimate arguments for the other side. And I, a lot of what you just said, I agree. I, it changed my perception a little. I think that the issue I have, though, is that there are some things, while we can say they're for the culture, they can't be argued as right or wrong. Right. And I always say that. Like, for instance, I always, you said you brought up overblowing, right? The reason why that argument is a little invalid to me is because they don't do it everywhere. You don't hear them overblowing in those win ensemble clips that they putting up. So they know that, that there's a way to play the instrument and then there's the culture. There's two separate ways that people do it. So I, while I agree with your um, assessment in a, a couple of places, I think you made some really convincing arguments. But from that standpoint, if they knew it wasn't wrong, they wouldn't do it one place and not the other. But go ahead, Quan. Yeah, I want Quan to finish his thought. My bad, y'all. So I'm, I'm on my phone now. Can y'all hear me? Yeah. All right, cool. So you're going to receive racism and honestly pending the reputation of that music department, not school of music. You're going to face that, bro, straight up. Again, I've had interviews, bro, as a certified teacher with a master's degree. They literally was like, say, bro, like the school is either y'all or TSU. And that's not an indictment on either department, but that's what they hear. So that's that's number one. So the high schools that have the structure, that have the 
uh, the budget that has the administration support, most of us won't even get those jobs because if that's a core school, nine out of 10, if you don't have core experience, they're not going to pick you. So that's that's number one of what you're going to face. The, the point that I had uh, picked my head up on, you said middle school. Middle school, you teach the most. Middle schools, you teach the most. If you can't teach a kid how to either establish the embouchure, and honestly, from more and more research, we see that it's certain ways to establish your embouchure, but it's what's best pending that child's teeth or that child's, you know, dipping the lip or whatever the case may be so that they can establish the embouchure and aperture and, and so forth and so on. But a good sound is a good sound. I have a student, she has an off, you know, her, her embouchure is off a trumpet player, but she, she plays in tune. So I'm not going to force her to be like, nah, you got to hit that thing on the center. That's one. So a lot of, a lot of the problems, bro, bottom line of what we're facing is, the reality is due to the color of our skin, we are looked at a certain way. There's jobs available, but you got people that see in, in this state of Texas, University of Houston, Texas A&M, UNT, Texas Tech, uh, even Texas women, Texas A&M Commerce with, with established programs that SFA, these people are going to be, SFA, huh? SFA, SMU. Yeah. They gonna grab you first. They gonna grab them first. And I'm just being honest. And most of the high schools, and I'm only speaking for I'm only speaking for Texas again. Most of the schools that you're gonna get that has our culture, they had a revolving door for about ten years because they don't have no appreciation for fine arts. And what they gonna do is they gonna tell you build this program. Well, what's my assistant? You're the assistant. Can I have another band director? No, until you get your uh, numbers up. That's how they treat us. So if we're not having those real genuine conversations with our music majors at the HBCUs, we've already failed them. And I think that's what, what uh, I'm saying. That's what Ricky's saying and everybody's saying, bro. It's like there's a grave reality, bro, of what we face once you walk across that stage because you're thinking, man, I'm going to get my band. I'm going to just do this. It's so much administration work with this that you have students don't even know how to be administrators from the band perspective, bro. It's just a, honestly, bro, 85% of being a band director is an admin work. The other aspect is pre uh, preparation. But if you don't know how to prepare a score, even if it's a rap daddy, if you don't know how to prepare that score to teach those kids that, then you're wrong too. Like, like we, we we're, we're failing our kids because they're looking at that headband director who's been practicing this craft for 10, 20 years, 30 years, and think, I'm going to just get out and do that same thing. But we didn't see the footwork that that person has done for all those years. I think Kendrick Taylor at Southern is an awesome band director. Shout out to the frat. Real talk. But I don't know his, I don't know that man's, you know, regimen or struggles that he had to become the person who he is now. Many of these people think, I mean, I'm a graduate and just build a band like Southern, build a band like Jackson State. You don't know the struggle of them people. And you think, I'm going to just get on this podium and tell you blow that hoe. Or because I can arrange this, I'm I'm just going to be cold. Nah, bro. And, that, and I think we get frustrated because we've been through it. And we're going through it. We're endeavoring through it. I think that's the difference, bro. Two questions. One for you, one for Rick. Okay. Uh, um, that you find you find a question, bro, because we gotta get ready to wrap up. But you got it. Yeah, 
Damn, which one, which one more important? Okay, I'm gonna go with Rick. Damn. Uh, Rick, how big is the uh, the DCI fan culture? Because I, I already see too many good, legit videos out, out on YouTube. I probably would like to shoot one, you know what I'm saying, of, of a group to make that motherfucker slap. Make, like, put something on that. So how big is the culture versus uh, HBCU band culture? So how big is it? Um... I think it's probably about half the size of HBCU band culture. Um, when you go to Honda Ballad of the Bands, Honda Ballad of the Bands is wrapped all around, like uh, people all around the stadium. DCI brings on average to finals about 20, 25, 30,000 people. So it's not a full NFL stadium. It's about half of it. Um, when you count in alumni and pe- just fans of it, uh, yeah, I'd probably say it's about half the size of HBCU band band culture but i think that if you ain't finding no clips man you ain't looking hard enough because it's a lot of clips maybe i don't know who to type in to to, to get a good show but you gotta you gotta know like specifics if you just type in dci it's just gonna bring up shows right but if you type in like the individual group like it's plenty of blue devils group videos crown all the all the bigger groups uh, you can find that stuff no problem. You know, like here's another example I was talking about. Me having to put my money where my mouth is. I just got appointed as a caption head of a DCI group this year. So my group's going to have to go out there and deliver. The group I'm teaching on has only made finals twice. So I got a job to not only bring those guys up, you know, but also maintain where at least we've been. So here's another example for all these critics and detractors. Let's see what we do. You know, do we sound good? I guarantee you we will. But at the end of the day, Justin, to answer your question, bro, it's not it's not nearly as big as the HBCU band community. All right, Justin, man, I appreciate you, bro. You always you always give us some great convo, bro. So uh I appreciate you, man. I appreciate the support. And your uh joint should be in the mail. All right. Should be in the mail. So let me know when you get it. All right. All right, bro. You got him the right size because I got the wrong size. He he got something different than you did. Oh, okay. Yeah, it was it, it was the material in which you got. So I, I'll give I'll give that warning. Hey, Justin, I hope you got that guy dang on no rap daddies in the fifth shirt. That's what you need. No, nah, he got that. the rude daddy. Oh, the rude. <laughs> <laughs> and then hey, before we go to can we talk oh, no, about no, no. you got the tune? Yeah, you're right, you're right, you're right. And then can we talk about what Maya was eating was better than what because she had the steak knife, Daddy. Can we can we all put that out there? Well, she cut the camera off when she came back. Oh, she yeah. wiped them off and had the steak knife, Daddy. Up. Look, I had to, look. The conversation between me and Maya was hilarious because she was in there going in, and I had to tell her like, "Hey, man, could you get she didn't even she didn't even pay attention to the private chat. I had to text her to let her know because she think whatever." Was, answer, was answer, the question. That's a good question. No, there aren't. There used to be, and just like you always say, Justin, they went away. You know, there used to be one called the CMC Warriors. That was the biggest one. They were out in New York. There are a few, but they are very small. There's one called the Spirit of Newark out of Newark, New Jersey, and then there's another one from New York. Uh, That's something that we were working on, though. A couple of friends and I were talking about doing that a couple of years ago. So it may be in the work, man, but the thing about DCI is what I was saying about margin band. DCI is about money, bro. If you ain't got no money, you ain't starting no drum corps. It costs on average just $2 million a year, and it's probably more now to run a drum corps. 
So if somebody want to give us $2 million, we can start a core. But all these bigger cores already have are been established. So it's going to be hard to get people that look like us in there. And then it's already hard enough because the March Drum Corps costs on average over $4,000. So a lot of them start and a lot of them fold. All right, I'm gone, man. All right, bro. Yeah, man. I'm just, whatever. Man, you had the steak, daddy. And then, and then. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody said something about a steak, and I was like, oh, shit. I got a fat, juicy ass. Hey, I saw that snake. I saw that grease on your mouth, and I saw that steak, my <laughs> daddy. I was like, hey, she about to go in. That camera went on quick, bitch. You camera off. <laughs> Oh man, uh, this has been a, an amazing show, man. I appreciate everybody who's joined us. Uh, let's get ready to get out of here. But before we get out of here, you know, I always got to do it every single time. If you haven't done so already, go ahead and stop by the store. We got some new merch that is up in the store, and I want to make sure I let you guys see what it what it's talking about before we uh, get out of here. So, this new merch is up in the store. Boom. My bad. My bad. I ain't mean to do you like that, my my fault. There we go. Let's make drilling great again. We had that conversation on on the show. I think that's what it was. And uh I was like, man, let's let's make drilling great again. All right. So we can pick your your make drilling great again shirt up. Uh there's also, let me go back in here and get the new one as well. Uh where is it? My bad takes a little while also get your rap daddies in the fifth if you don't got that one there we go straight out of tune okay so you can also get that one when i got the little tuner equipped down there at the bottom just to make sure you are in tune there we go if scarfinger is still watching i got that's you. what i'm saying because Ooh, oh, there we go. <laughs> Shit. i made sure i got scarfinger straight as a matter of fact bro uh the the one that you were talking about uh is also in that color i made sure i got you straight in that color as well so you can stop <laughs> you can stop by the store man i'm gonna put the he, store. Jackson Southern he said he wanted he said he, he wanted, wanted Texas Texas Southern. Southern and he wanted uh what he said i think southern it was southern and southern Hold yeah on, southern see. color I, <laughs> I did hey scarfinger asked for it all right because originally i was just gonna hit the black one that the black daddy and the white daddy but when he asked for it i said hey man let me go ahead and take care of my man wait so, i'm sorry is that an actual tuner it is a moment? tuner down there at the bottom <laughs> so, now <laughs> so i'm just letting everybody out there know you can go ahead and stop by the store and pick up your new merch. You can pick up your old merch. And just remember, we are still in the month of March. So if you want 15% off your purchase, just go in. And when you go to uh, pay, you type in Luke BD for 15% off your purchase. You can go and pick up that merchandise as well as all of the other merch that we have within the store. <laughs> Rick is weak right now. Oh my gosh. But it's out there. So go ahead and purchase it. Don't hold back. Just go to the store, click on the link. Oh my God. Oh my God. <laughs> go back, go in there, click in the link, man, and go ahead and pick up your merch, man. All of it is in there, is in there for you, man. All right, man. Let's get ready to go ahead and wrap this up. So uh let's start to my left. Rick, any final thoughts? Anything you got for the culture?
Sorry, I got smitted on the on the finding the mute button there. But uh yeah, y'all. Um HBCU Band Consortium is going on right now. All right, if you're interested in, in what's happening in the concert side and, and the jazz side of these HBCUs, and that's one thing, too, we need to have a discussion on because black people found jazz, founded jazz, but we damn sure ain't leaving it, you know, which is which is just crazy to me. But anyway, if, you're, if that's something you're interested in, then that's happening this weekend. I'm going to try to get down there either tomorrow or Friday. But... Um, yeah, man. Um, support what's going on, y'all, other than just the marching band stuff. If we make it important, then it will be important. Um, some dope music I'm listening to. I only got two this week because I wanted to keep it sure. I know we got to go. Actually, I'll give you three. So Fife Dog from um, from um, Tribe Called Quest. Quest. Yes, sir. Yep. One of my favorite. That is my favorite group of uh, rap group of all time. But they just released yeah. a, dog, a Fife Dog album, man. Call forever. So if y'all want to rest in peace to Five Dog, man, go support his material. Man. I'm sure it's for his family and stuff. So Five Dog, they just released the album. Uh, for those of you that follow me on Facebook, I just posted a video. I posted every time it come up of this guitar player, man, playing on John P. Key and um, One More Chance. And this dude is incredible. And he's actually releasing his own material now. So go check out Fly Guy Bird. Fly Guy Bird. He got some dope stuff. And then this is going to be funny because we were just talking about the root. But there's a dope artist that you should check out. They got a um, he's a bass player and he has an album called Everybody Wants to Be a Cat named after that Thundercat song. Right. But his name is Rugod. <laughs> Rugod. R-U-G-A-W-D. So we need to get the Rugod cat daddy on that on them root shirts. But um yeah, man, support black like we always say, man. Let's let's be there for one another, man. That's it. That five dog, that's called a ventilation, the LP. No, it's called Forever. Forever, okay. I'll uh, find it. All right. Hold up. We gotta do it the right way because I said we were gonna do another one. Buttermilk biscuits. Buttermilk biscuits. I bro, I said Maya the video. Maya was weak. <laughs> But a milk biscuits. You gotta hit it with the ass on there to get the gap daddy in there. But a milk biscuits. You gotta get that extra ass on there, Maya. But a milk biscuits. Yeah. <laughs> oh Lord knows I needed that on that day. Oh my gosh. But um good, Ma. There we go. We got both of them in there. I mean, you know, I don't really have too much this week, but back to what we were talking about way early in the beginning of the show. Please make sure you guys show up and show out this week for 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 March. It's the it's the last. I believe this is the last. Yeah, I think it's the last episode. The last episode of the season, and I mean, it's not too late to turn things around. If we show up and we really get those numbers up for at least this final episode, then maybe there's smoke for next season, or whether it's for PV or whomever, just for the culture in general. So let's make sure as a family and a community, we just tune in and support them. But other than that, I agree. Yeah, basically. Quan, they must not have five G in that part of the city. They, they probably kicked them out of the. They probably kicked them out of the building. Yeah, they. So, so for they did kick me out of the building, but the issue is 
they at a certain time they refresh it at night, and so that's what's been going on. So yeah. Quan, well, you going to get one of them bobs tonight? Nah, nah. We need to talk about health as health for band directors because uh, I can't even eat that no more, man. Boys pre diabetic, so I got to lose this weight. Wow. I tell you. I know uh, that story. Yeah. But, but my final thought, I do want to give a shout out to uh, I do want to give a shout out to uh, Philip Smith, uh, good dude, uh, brother Symphonia. Uh, I believe he became the drum major uh, for uh, like his cavalry for the uh, army band. Uh, outstanding trumpet player, really, really good dude. And so I just I, I believe in giving people their roses while they're alive. So I mean, big shout out to uh, Phil, man. One of the best HBCU trumpet players I've ever heard. That kid uh-huh. is incredible. Bye. Yeah, bro. Bye. So, and 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 not being ugly is like we we tonight we talked about a lot of things about living in the bubble, and we don't speak about those people because we they're not on the internet. But there's a lot of band directors that's out here that's doing some great things, and I, and I I end with this: for everybody that questions us and our you know legitimacy, so to speak. All of the band directors on here have master's degrees, and we earn our keep, and we're continuing to perfect our craft. So, like, you may your opinion may differ, but don't question us, bro. Not like, not like that, fam. Uh, you know, it's certain people that I just admire and respect, and everybody on this show that's family, I admire and I respect their opinions. You know, shout out to Crystal too for her show for what she's doing. Man, we we're trying to change music education for the positive, and some 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 of us, bro, we just want to stick to this closed-minded BS. So let's do better as a coach. And if not, you can just go play straight out of tune. <laughs> Rick, you 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 can get that shirt, ain't you? <laughs> this shit is hilarious. Scar man, Scar man, you the man, you a goddamn on genius, boy. That shit is hilarious. Listen, and that's why as soon as he said it, what I do, time out. Won't be me in there with that stuff. <laughs> hey, I just make them. That's all, man. I just make them. That that's shit is it. hilarious, boy. That's mm. it. Speaking of Crystal, she's put something in the um in the comment section last week that did not get enough traction for me. She put uh what was it? I think it was crank that drop spin. Because we was talking about auxiliaries. Oh, of- yeah, she did. <laughs> Put that on the well, show. We, we already got the crank that. We already got the crank that um copyrighted. We got to crank that win ensemble and we got to crank that drop spin. Let's go. Crank that drop spin. And no rap daddies in the fifth. Let's here. go. Wow. And don't be out there using our shit. You we know some of y'all are some thieving ass people. Don't hey, you know where it came <laughs> from. TM on it. TM, TM, TM. A lot of people about to hit that use daddy a lot. I've been here yeah. floating. It's all good though, you know. We 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 starting we changing culture. We start. Hey Chuck, I'm coming down there to see you, dog. Julie, yeah, you come on, uh, meet me in Atlanta. Oh yeah, that's tight. Uh, <laughs> I mean, you paying for it? Shoot, I go. But uh, yeah, so let me go ahead and get ready to close out, and then uh, y'all can talk about that afterwards. But um, first thing I do want to say, man, is uh, appreciate everybody for joining us, man. This has been an amazing and great show. I cannot say thank you enough to all of our viewers, uh, especially and uh, definitely thank you to all the panel. Yeah, please, please, please. On Sunday, on Sunday at five o'clock Central Standard Time, six o'clock Eastern Standard Time, 
you need to check out diary of a lady band director crystal is doing her thing and she has uh two of the goats in the game right now juliet boykins and miss stephanie sanders she is going they are both going to be on the show with her and the rest of the panel y'all check that out i'll say it again five 5 p.m. Central Standard Time, 6 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Check it out. It's going to be a dope show. Other than that, man, I have nothing else. This has been a great show. We will see you all next week. Thank you for tuning in to Talk That Talk. Find us on social media outlets and YouTube at Real Talk That Talk. Talk That Talk is a brand of the Passion Is Network. You can contact Passion Is at passionis1919 at gmail.com. If you would like to contact the panel of Talk That Talk, email us at realtalkthattalk at gmail.com.